She did awesome. Grateful for you. Thank you. Well, welcome, you guys. Welcome to DV. We are so happy you made it. I want to start off today by telling you that we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you guys in the back. We love you guys in the back. We love you guys in this section over here. Got a couple birthday boys over here, but we won't talk about that just yet. Um, But yeah, we love you guys. We love you guys. And one of the things we love, I want to tell you what we love to do here at the Doral Vineyard. We love to create spaces where a desire for following Christ, a desire for growing and knowing who God is, is both celebrated, it's nurtured, and it's attractive, attractive to others. Who are those others? Others are your family members, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends. This is a place you can invite them to, a safe place you can invite them to, and they can feel valued. They can feel like they belong. They can feel like, like, this is safe. I can, I can learn about God here. I can grow about God here. This is what we believe. We believe in, we call it followers of Jesus helping others become followers of Jesus. We, we call that disciples making disciples. We love to do that here. And we love to create tools to help you do that. One of those tools that we've provided here at our church is small groups. And you heard Kira talk about those, um, the different small groups, the men's groups. We got women's groups. We got couples groups. We got new beginners groups. We got next steps. I mean, we got them all. We got a bunch of groups, and we would love to provide that for you to grow in your relationship with God, okay? And so, you know, we, we, love, we love you guys. We love to do this. We love to celebrate God in, in our place. We love, you guys, God's presence has been here, right? It's a beautiful presence of God. Others need to hear about this. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, people you know have to hear about this, know and experience this God that you've experienced, this sense of belonging that you've experienced, this sense of, of destiny, like purpose that you've experienced, invite them here so they can experience this as well. It's a beautiful thing. And so we are in a brand new series today. We're kicking off a brand new series today that we're calling Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open them up to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you don't have a physical Bible and you have an electronic like I do or a tablet, you can feel free to open that up. If you don't have this app, we have everything that we're going to talk about, the title of our message, the verses we're going to share, everything we're going to talk about, it's all in digital form that you can access on your electronic if you'd like to. You don't have to, but it's an option. You can follow along there. Um, and so all you have to do is go to this app called the Version Bible app. We actually have an instructional video we're going to show you right now. And so if you have the Version Bible app, you download that, you go to the bottom right where it says more, you click on that. And then once you click on that, I'm going to do it too as we're talking. We click on that. There's another page that shows up. You're going to look for the word events and you click on that. And then a bunch of churches are going to be, don't pay attention to all the other churches because we're going to be at the top. And then you just click on that one right there and it'll have our message notes and everything that you'll need to know to, to prepare for today. All right? And so... Um, yeah, welcome. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, kicking off a brand new series. I'm, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today. Uh, I'm excited about what God's going to do, uh, he, what he's already been doing, right? Have you guys experienced God's presence already here? It's been awesome. Well, I'm excited about what he's going to do in the rest of our time together. It's going to be awesome. And I thought I would start off today by sharing a story with you guys about the first time I did a wedding. Um, I, I was kind of thrown into it. The person that was supposed to do it, couldn't do it, and so they asked me if I would stand in, and I had never met the groom, never met 
the, the bride before, and it was my first time, and I had never done a wedding before, and I just said yes, because he had an emergency, he was my friend, and I was like, dude, I got you, and I, and I went, and um, it was a mess. It was a mess. It was totally disorganized. It was uh, taking forever, and I'm there, and it, I'm like, it's my first time. I'm not really sure. Like, I wasn't even married at this time, and I'm like, I'm not even really sure how wedding rehearsals are supposed to go, but this is like taking forever, and then we had like momzillas in the house for the father, the, the, the mother of the bridegroom, of the groom, the mother of the bride, they're like, you know, being really picky and telling, there was a wedding planner coordinator there, and, and I think it, was, it seemed like it was her first time, because she didn't really know what she was doing, and so, man, it was taking forever, it was like an hour in, and I'm like, man, we haven't even started yet, so I was like, hey, can I just step out for a second, I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and so, oops, and so I went to the bathroom, and as I'm walking to the hallway to, to go to the bathroom, it just kind of hit me, like, hey, wait a second, you're like the efficient, you're like the pastor, like, you have a voice here, like, they may not know what they're doing, and it might be your first time, but you have something to say, and so, like, go say something, and so I was like, yeah, that's true. I mean, I've never done this before, but I have a voice to say, and we got to get this rehearsal going, man. It's taking forever. So I go back, and I go to the wedding planner. I'm like, hey, can I help out a little bit? Is it, I'm the wedding official. I kind of introduced myself. She's like, yeah, 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 I would love that. I said, okay, great. Hey, everybody. I started talking real loud and forming two lines. You guys on this side, and you guys, I had no idea what I was doing, but I kind of like, you know, I'd seen it on TV, right? So <laughs> I'm like, you guys on this side, you guys on this side, and we went through the rehearsal, and we got through the rehearsal, and I was like, they're asking me questions I didn't know the answers to, and I was like, ask the wedding coordinator, but right now, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna line up here, we're gonna line up here, we're gonna do this, you come down, and so anyways, we figured it all out, and we, we had a great ceremony, got through the ceremony, but I learned a lot from that wedding. One of the things I learned that I thought was very key was, you know, that when I'm the wedding officiant, if I'm the wedding pastor, if I'm the guy doing the wedding, I have a voice of influence here. And it goes, you guys, the same for us. If you're taking notes, this is my key thought. I'm letting the cat out of the bag already. We're gonna go back to it over and over again throughout the time of our time together. But this is my key thought. When you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. When you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. Would you guys repeat that with me? Everybody say, when you believe, when you believe in who you are, who you, are. You, will you will know. Okay, you guys got to get into it a little more. When you believe, do it again. When you believe, when you believe in who you are, who you, are. You, will you will know what to do. One more time. When you believe, when you believe in who you are, you will know what to do. And so the title of our series is called Don't Stop Believing. And the title of our talk today is that you are instrumental. You are instrumental. See, one of the problems I believe, in my opinion, for so many followers of Jesus, is that th they don't really believe in who they are in Christ. And because they don't believe in who they are in Christ, they often don't know what to do. And so, for example, you know, I may... I've gone to big banquets or Christmas dinners or, or parties, and I'll get invited, and big shindigs, right? And, and the person who's putting it on, the host, will often go to me, um, well, Pastor Abdi, do you mind praying for the meal? Now, I have been known to do this 
time and time again. When I get asked to pray for the meal, I, 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 I do this. I'll say, not all the time, but sometimes I'll say, yes, I would love and I'd be happy to pray for the meal. But why don't you pray for the meal? And, and it's almost as if you can see what they're thinking because they're like, wait, 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 no, no, I'm, I, you know, you're the pastor, you know, you pray. And I'll be like, yes, I'm the pastor, but you're a follower of Jesus. You can pray. Why don't you pray? It's kind of fun to see them squirm, right? But, but it also gives you a little insight into how they see themselves. And you know, what they think about them. Oh, I, no, 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 you're, you're a pastor. I, I'm just a regular you know, stay-at-home mom, you know, I, I'm just a regular student, you know, I'm, I, I'm just a regular, you know, entry-level banker, you know, I'm, I'm really nobody, I'm just a regular person, but that's not the truth, you guys, there is nothing regular about you, if you ever feel that way, then what it says is that you don't really believe in who you are, because if you are a follower of Jesus, there is nothing, can everybody say nothing? Nothing, no thing regular about you. And you need to understand that, that you are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave, lives inside of you. You have the same power. You have this, you, uh, yes, and that is not normal. That is not regular, okay? You, you have access to the very throne room of God. Look, if I told you, here's the key to the White House. And all of a sudden, you could go at any time you wanted, whenever you wanted to, whenever you wanted, any time of night. You know, I heard there's a movie theater in there, by the way. And you wanted to go watch a movie. You're like, I got the keys to the watch. I can go anytime. Maybe you want to go straight into the Oval Office. You have the key. You, you go into the master bedroom if you wanted to. You have the key. Nobody can say anything to you. You got the key. You can go right in. And, and, and when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. You guys, we have the very name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. And there is nothing regular about that. There's nothing regular about that. And when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. What to do. And so in this series, I want to help you believe in who you are, who you are in Christ, so you'll know what to do. And so today we're going to help you discover how God made you to be instrumental in his divine plan, instrumental in his design of you. You now have a purpose. That's the truth. You do. The title of our talk today is You Are Instrumental. And more than just instrumental, you are an ambassador. Next week, we're going to discover that you are God's finest. Maybe you've heard of Brooklyn's finest or fine china. Well, you are God's finest. You are, you are God's finest creation. And you're going to learn, we're going to learn about that to, as well. You're God's finest creation to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. And then week number three, we're going to talk about, we're going to see that you're a champion. And we're going to talk about how do you live this lifestyle as a champion, this championship lifestyle that God has called you to. And we'll have a couple more topics we're going to tackle. We're actually going to have a special speaker that's going to be here, and I think it's going to be very memorable. It's going to be a gift to us. And so just so you know, on your seat when you came in today, there was a card, and it looked like this. Let's see if I have it somewhere around here. Right here, yes. When you came in, yeah, it looks like this. It was either on the seat you came and sat on or next to you. Yeah, and so this is our gift from us to you to give to someone else. <laughs> this is for you to invite someone. There's a little more description about the series on the back that you can feel free to see some more. But yeah, this, th we want to we help you because I think this is going to be 
a really good series for you to bring a friend to and enjoy this. It's going to be wonderful. So week number one, you are instrumental. Let's look at God's, work and le- God's word and let it speak to us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And Paul says this, Therefore, if anyone is what? Help me out, you guys. If anyone is in Christ. Now, let's just pause right there. In Christ. Those two words, I actually wrestled with the idea of just doing the whole series on those two words. That phrase right there is so power-packed. To unpack that, I could take five, six weeks just talking about those two words. In Christ. But I, I will talk a little more about that. But those of you, okay, so the, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old, what's happened to it, you guys? It has what? Gone. The new has come. So if you are in Christ, what does that mean, in Christ? There's a lot there, but we're going to suffice it to say just this, just this. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you've turned from your sins and met the risen Christ, you're a new creation. And all new creations have a new purpose. That's why you are instrumental. The old, the filth, the junk, the the guilt, the shame, that should be gone. All of your sins have been forgiven. You're a new creation. The problem is some of you, you who are followers of Jesus, you don't really understand or believe in who you are as a new creation. It's kind of like a caterpillar. When they go through that change, it's called metamorphosis, and they turn into a butterfly, right? Uh, they, they turn into this butterfly. Wouldn't it be interesting, wouldn't it be funny if the butterfly starts crawling around like a little caterpillar? That's what some of us as followers of Jesus do. We're, we've been changed, we've, been meta, we've had this experience with God. Our sins are, we're no longer caterpillars. And all of it, but we still crawl around like we're caterpillars. And so I, I want to help us understand that God, that you know, there's, there's something amazing in the scripture. When we're in Christ, we are new. Look at verse 19 there. And everybody, would you read it with me? God has committed, ready, let's read it together on the count of three. One, two, three. God has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's why you are instrumental. Check this out. God has committed to us. What does that mean, committed to us, the message of reconciliation? Okay, so if you are a follower of Jesus, committed to us, that us part, that's us. You see that, those two letters, us? That's us, okay? This message is now not a message that you bring on your own. In case you didn't know, this now is your calling. The message to carry this message, to proclaim this message of reconciliation. This is now your ministry. He's committed, he's entrusted, he's gifted you with this message. What is the message? The message of reconciliation. What does that mean? It's a big old word. It's, there's a Greek word for it, reconciliation. I'm gonna give you four words that it is in really simple language, right? It means to restore to the divine. Restore to the divine. It means to help people be made right with God. It's to take that which is broken, as we all were, as we all have been separated from God by our sin, and to help others know who Christ is so that they can be whole and be made right with God. God has committed to you the message of reconciliation. Those who are followers of Jesus, let's keep reading in verse 20. He says, we are therefore what? Help me out, everybody. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. You see? 
See how we are instrumental? Did you know that? You're instrumental. You are Christ's ambassadors. Say that with me. You are, we are Christ's ambassadors. As though God were doing what? As though God were making his appeal through us. As though God were making his appeal through us. Let's see if we can make this sink in for us and internalize it, okay? You are an ambassador. God has committed to you the message of reconciliation as though he were making his appeal through you. And so when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. That's why we can't stop believing. Let me tell you who you are. Write this down. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. By the way, we have a card in the seat pocket in front of you. It looks like this. And we also have a pen, a red a pen. It looks like this. You can grab this pen and jot down any notes if you want that you think will help you this week. But you can write this down. You are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. You are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. And some of you may say, well, I know what an ambassador is, I think. But you, can you like break it down in like second grade language for me? Because I just, I kind of want to understand a little better. What is an ambassador? Okay, I'm going to break it down. The definition of an ambassador. An ambassador is a high-ranking official sent to be a representative from one country to another. What's an ambassador? It's a high-ranking official sent to be a representative from one country to another. All right? For example, it's as if I was chosen to be an ambassador to Cuba. In case you don't know, the ambassador position in Cuba is vacant right now, and it has been vacant since 1960. But let's say they wanted to fill it, and they chose me to be that, all right? Now, as much as I've been there, I've been there tons of, uh, a bunch of times, and as much as I love the food, and I love the people there when there is food, but when, when, anyway, I, I love the people there, I love the island, it's beautiful, as much as I love that, Cuba is not my home. As much as I love going there, it's, it's not my home. I am still a stranger there, right? I, 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 I am the highest ranking you know, official. I'm the r- highest ranking diplomat sent to represent my home government to another country. And guess what? The same is true for you. It's true for you. If you are a follower of Jesus... Do not stop believing in this, okay? Who are you? You are the highest ranking diplomat. To rep- you, you, you are to represent God from heaven to earth, okay? The Bible says that you are an alien here. You're an alien here. This is not your home. Earth is not your home. You are a stranger. You are from heaven. Heaven is your home. You've been sent to represent the king, from the kingdom that sent you. You represent the king of kings and the lord of lords. When you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. Everybody say, I am. am. Say it again, I am. am. Christ's ambassador, sent by God God. from heaven to earth. Again, let's say it again, I am. am. Christ's ambassador, sent by God from heaven to earth. That is who you are. When you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. 
Let's keep unpacking this, this truth with two very simple thoughts that will help drive this for you in your daily, your daily life, okay? As, as Christ's ambassadors, some of you go, well, hold up, wait a second. Christ's ambassadors, I don't really feel like that. Well, I, I'm not really sure, you know, I, I'm a, if you talk to my friends, they'll be the first ones to tell you, I ain't no ambassador. I still mess up all the time. I don't have it all. I don't even have the right words of what to say. I, I'm a mess. If you only knew me, I'm not, I ain't no ambassador. All right, let me just say, no, you are an ambassador, all right? And you can't stop believing in that. Look, there's messages all around us that are always trying to get to us. There's messages that we tell ourselves that are not true, messages that we hear around us. We have, to be, we have to decide to choose what the word of God says that we are. If God says I'm an ambassador, then guess what? I am what God says I am. I'm an ambassador. Let's look at what Jesus said in the book of John chapter 15, verses 16 through 19. He said this, you did not choose me. You did not choose me, but I did what? Everybody say, I chose you. Listen, if you are an ambassador of God, you can't stop believing in this. If you are Christ's ambassador, you are a follower of Christ. And as Christ's ambassador, you were not elected by people. You were not, people didn't vote you in. Your friends didn't vote you in as an ambassador. You were chosen and appointed by God. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You were not elected by others. You were chosen and appointed by God. Jesus said it. He said it in that verse. He said, you did not choose me. I chose you. What else did he do? He said, I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. As it is, Jesus said, you did not, you do not belong to this world. You see, this isn't your home. You're from heaven. You're an ambassador. He said, but I've done what? I have chosen you out of this world. He said, I chose and appointed you. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I've chosen you. I'm just gonna believe what God says about me. He says, I'm chosen. Jesus chose you. He's, you've been chosen to bear, uh, to bear fruit. You've been chosen and appointed to represent him, to be an ambassador. And you may be here and you say, well, I don't feel like I'm good enough. You know, don't call me an ambassador. I don't feel like I'm good enough. Look, it's a little bit like this. I remember when I was in middle, middle school, high, in middle school and school, and I remember when the teacher, you ever, maybe some of you have experienced this, the teacher the teacher has an errand in her classroom and she's like, I need to choose somebody to go to the office for me. I need to choose someone. And, and what would we, I don't know if you did, but I know in my class, we would all be like, oh, 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 choose me, choose me. And you know, a lot of times, she wouldn't choose the brightest person, the one with all the straight A's. She would just decide who she wanted to choose and, or he, he wanted to, she'd say, I choose you. I choose you. And so what she would do is she would grab a piece of paper and she'd take your name, she'd write your name down and then she'd write this other thing. She'd write hall pass. And then she'd fold it up and she'd give it to you and give you whatever else you had and you would put it in your pocket and you'd walk down the hallway and you'd look at down all the, the classrooms with their doors open and you would look and you'd be like, <laughs> and, and the, your friends in the classrooms would look at you and you're like, what are you doing? You can't be in the hallway. You're gonna get in trouble. And you're like, 
put it back in your pocket, you keep walking, another teacher comes along, sir, kid, what are you doing? You're supposed to be in class, and you're like, I'm on a mission. I got, I got, I'm on a mission. I got, I got special permission. I've been chosen and appointed to do something special. Do you get where I'm going? You have a pass. You have been chosen and appointed. The word of God says you've been chosen, not because of what you've done, not because you got voted in, but God decided to choose you, it says here. He decided to choose you. John 15, I chose and appointed you to be my special, you're on a special assignment. You got a special task, God says, right? And so the good news, this is for you. If your friends say you're not good enough, you can say whatever, I might not be, you're right, I may not, it doesn't matter though. The teacher chose me, and when the teacher chooses you, everything changes. Everything changes, and when we get this inside of us, you guys, when we get this inside of us, it goes from up here to down in here, and it changes every, when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. When you believe in who you are, so, so look, look at the Apostle Paul. He struggled with this as well. He struggled. If you, you look at the Apostle Paul, his life, if you look at his life, he was anything but qualified to do what he did. In case you don't know, he wrote three quarters of the New Testament. And he's the one that penned these words. He's the one that said, hey, therefore, you are Christ's ambassadors, what we just read, as though God were making his appeal to you. But if you know his life, Paul, in the New Testament, he was a guy who would persecute people who were followers of Jesus. He was a guy who would kill people who were followers of Jesus, right? And, and, and so he would, you know, he would kill these people. And, and so God, one day he said, I've had enough of you killing all the followers of Jesus. I'm gonna have, you're gonna have an encounter with Christ. And he had Paul, had this encounter with Christ. And the, the Bible says that it was so much light that it blinded him. And God spoke to him and said, I want you to go to this town and wait for me there. I'm gonna send you somebody that's gonna teach you your next steps. I'm gonna send you somebody that's gonna show you how to do this life now. And God picked this guy named Ananias. And God went to Ananias and he, and he spoke to him and he said, Ananias, I need you to go to Paul and I need you to speak to him and I need you to tell him how he's gonna be and, and he's gonna have a special envoy. He's gonna be my ambassador, my special agent to the Gentiles. And, and Ananias is like, no, 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 God, do, do you know who you just said? You just said Paul. Paul's like this guy who kills. I know who that guy is. Are you sure it's Paul? Because that guy goes around killing other followers of Jesus. If I do that, my life is in danger. And, I, and God is saying, no, no, no. He's not the same guy anymore. He's had an experience with Christ. He's not the same guy. I want you to go to him, and I want you to talk to him. And look at what God said to Ananias in Acts chapter 9, verse 15. The Lord said to Ananias, go, this man, talking about Paul, is my chosen instrument. Ding, 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 ding. You are instrumental. God says, he is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. He's my ambassador to the Gentiles. I have chosen and appointed him to represent heaven on earth to the Gentiles. He is my chosen instrument. You are instrumental, and you need to believe that. Don't stop believing that. You are God's chosen instrument to be an ambassador to a certain group of people. 
Now you might be here, you're like, well, who is that group of people? It could be the people you work with. It could be your family. You could be chosen and appointed to represent God, to bring heaven to earth, to bring God's message to your family. It could be to the whole you represent God. You are his ambassador to your family. It could be the people on your team. Maybe you play sports. Maybe you have, you're working on a project with some people on something. It could be you are an ambassador. You are, you say, I am. God's chosen instrument. I may not be the best, but God chose me. In fact, that phrase really ministers to me that God chose me. I remember back when I was in university and I was chosen to speak in front of all my, my good buddies and in front of my professors. I was in college and I was, I was chosen. I was a freshman in college and I was asked to speak in front of the whole student body, 4,500 people strong. And it's one thing to be a part of the 4,500 people strong, the crowd, but it's another thing to be standing in front of 4,500 people strong, like a sea of people. And I remember standing in front of them and feeling so intimidated and feeling so afraid and wanting to like use the bathroom on myself. And I'm like, what am I doing here? I mean, there's professors. They know so much more about the Bible than I do. And my buddies, they preach so much better than I do. Why did I get chosen to get in front of all these people? I, I can't, what am I, who, who am I? And I remember just going down and just closing my eyes and saying, God, I am super nervous right now. And I know I'm gonna mess it up. But I just feel like you have chosen and appointed me I didn't choose this, you chose me. And so if you chose me, God, it's for a reason. And even though it's gonna come out all mumbly and nervous and I'm gonna forget, you chose me, God, and I'm just gonna trust that you're gonna use that. And when I believed that God had chosen and appointed me, I took confidence in that. And I believed in that. And you can do the same thing. You may say, but I may not speak very well. It doesn't matter. It's not about the size of the crowd. I, I get sometimes more nervous when I'm speaking one-on-one -on -one than when I'm speaking to 50 people or 100 people. All right, I honestly do. There, there was a good friend of mine that I grew up with from, from high school. And, and this guy, he had made some really bad decisions, some really sinful decisions in his life. And, and he, it would affect his life, it would affect others, and, and I knew about this. And so I had to go and, and, and confront him and talk to him. And he was my good friend. And I was going to talk to him not as I'm a pastor and you're a church member. No, I was going to talk to him as a buddy to buddy. And I remember being so nervous and saying, look, I don't even feel like I have all the facts and I'm not even sure if this is completely true. But you know what? I wasn't excited about going and talking to him, but I felt like I remember sitting in the car and saying this prayer, God, I, I'm not really sure I'm supposed to be doing this, but I feel like you've appointed me and chosen me to go do this. So I'm just gonna trust in you. And so I remember I, I stepped out with confidence in the way that God had, you're my instrument. God, you've chosen me to be your instrument. And I wanna tell you, I did it. And you can do the same thing. And you just need to believe that you are God's chosen instrument. Some of you, you're gonna be called to minister to the next generation. The people in the, those young people in the purple room back there, right? You're gonna go and you're like, but I'm in my late 20s. I, I, what am I gonna say to a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old? Or I'm in my late 40s. I'm not cool anymore. Like, well, they're not gonna listen to me. Look, it doesn't matter. You've been chosen. You're God's chosen instrument to raise the next generation. You may be called to lead a group here at DV. And you say, well, I, I don't know that much about the Bible. 
I don't, I don't know what's the right things to say. Look, no, no, no. You're God's chosen instrument to build up other believers. And you may feel this burden to share your faith with your boss. And you're like, but they're not very religious. But I just know that God is putting this burden inside of me that I must share this. I, I'm God's chosen instrument. I'm his ambassador called by God, sent to represent heaven to earth, right? When you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. And it could be as simple as, you know, something about, you know something about cars, right? And, and the only reason you know about cars is because your car has messed up so many times that you've had to learn by default what's wrong with your car. And you might be walking out of Walmart and all of a sudden somebody walks up to you and says, excuse me, I'm sorry, I hate to bother you, but my car won't start. Do you happen to have jumper cables? Do you mind giving me a jump? And you're like, I think I've done that four or five or six times. I think I know how to do that. Yes, I am God's chosen instrument right here, right now to help you. Maybe this is my moment to represent God, to bring this message of reconciliation. This is my moment. I've been chosen and appointed by God. And when you believe that, it'll change the way you do life. And so that's the very first thought. You were not elected by people, but you were chosen and appointed by God. The second thought we need to, to internalize is this. As Christ's ambassador, you, have, you, you never represent yourself. You always represent God. You never represent yourself. For example, again, I'm that ambassador to Cuba, right? And I go to Cuba, and I'm, I'm, I'm representing, I don't represent what I think, you know, should happen, or what I think, you know, that, you know, that base in Guantanamo, I just think they should close that off and give it back to the Cubans. No, that's not up to me. I represent the government of the United States. That's not my call, right? I go there representing God. I, I, I go there representing the, the, the government by which I was called to go do, regardless of my values, regardless of my ideas. And in the same way, you represent the government of the kingdom of God and you represent the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's never about you. Jesus was the ultimate ambassador, and look what he said in the book of John, chapter 6, verse 38. He said this, For I have come down from heaven, not to do what? Not to do my will, but to do the will of whom? The will of the one who sent me. I'm here to represent him, even Jesus. I am called to represent him. And we, you guys, are called to represent Christ that in everything we do. And so now I know that you're like, yeah, but you're a pastor. It's just accepted. You're a pastor. You're on a whole nother level of accountability. You're just, you're a pastor. You gotta watch the way you talk. You gotta watch, you know, you, you, you just, you gotta do things. There's a different standard for you. And you guys, I want to tell you, I understand that that's the case. That is true. That is true. I understand that the way I spend my money, the way I, 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 the movies that I go see, the drinks that I order when I'm at a restaurant, the way I raise my kids, the words that I say, I understand that because I'm a pastor, I am held to a higher standard. I get it. If ever I, I, I do anything that any of you guys don't like, well, I know, I can expect that more, you're gonna be like, uh, you know, I expected more from a man of God like you. Other people, I understand, but you, you're Pastor Abdi, I expected more. A man of God shouldn't say those things, okay? Yes, but here's where I think this is wrong. I'm not saying that I should be lowered, brought down to a lower standard, but this is what I'm saying, you ready? If you are a follower of Christ, you are Christ's ambassador, and so guess what? 
you too should be at a higher standard in everything you do. You are Christ's representative, and that means it doesn't just matter how I spend my money, it matters how you spend your money. It doesn't matter just how I spend my time. It matters how you spend your time. It doesn't just matter what movies I go see. It matters what movies you go see. It doesn't matter what, order, what drinks I order. It, it matters as well what drinks you, you order. It doesn't just matter how I treat people. It matters how you treat people. It doesn't just matter where I go and where I don't go. It matters where you go and where you don't go, okay? I, I, I'll see some followers of Christ's right, uh, posting these things, you know, I'm going to church on Sunday morning, but then I see those same people ha- showing pictures drunk of themselves on Facebook. Listen, you are a representative of Christ, just like I am, just like I am, and I'm not asking you to pull me down to a lower standard. I'm inviting you to take your rightful place and come join me at a higher standard and say, I represent Christ in everything I do. And when you again internalize that, that you don't represent yourself, you represent God, you represent Christ, it goes from a head knowledge to a heart truth, and you will truly see yourself as a representative of God. The other day, I was getting a car part because I was having some car trouble, and I needed to buy this part to replace in my car. And I went to the car part store and I was there and I was this line was super long and I was there waiting in line and and I wasn't sure I'm like man am I in the right line there's like three registers here and this line is the longest so I asked the guy in front of me I'm like excuse me is this the line where I need to buy this part and he's like yes I don't need to buy that part I need to buy another part but yeah this is the line and I'm like oh, okay and so I'm there waiting a little bit a couple minutes go by and I'm like man all these other people are going faster like why is this line taking so long and, and I start looking around I have like questions going through my mind and so I asked the guy ahead of me again I'm like man you sure like I asked him another question similar to the first one and he's like yeah this is it and I could tell by the way he was answering my question that he was not having a good day I don't know if it was because the line was long I didn't know what was going on but I could tell he was a little short with me and so I was like all right um I was like, excuse me um listen um I know this line is long but something bigger than the line, I think, you know, I could tell you're not having a good day. Look, the line is long. I got some time. If you want to talk about it, I promise I'll try to listen real good. And the guy stayed quiet. He looked at me, and he started talking. And he started sharing about how he had, um, he had left his family. He was a guy in his late 30s, and he had left his family, walked out on his family. And he had walked out in his family, and, and he said that he had made a mistake. He had done something really bad. He had betrayed his wife, and, and he felt like he no longer fit in the family, and he, he left, and he was, he was, he was, it was taking it really hard on him. And so I'm listening to him talk, and as I'm talking, I'm say, uh, uh, he said, but you know what really broke me was when my kids saw me packing my, 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 my clothes, and, so, and they were saying to me, Daddy, please don't leave. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I don't think I'm here just for this park, car part. I think there's something bigger. I don't think I'm here just to get frustrated that this line is so long. <laughs> Try to put that aside. I said, you know what? Man, I, I don't know. I'm not, you know, I try to do this as non-religious pastor voice. I don't even know what a pastor voice is, but try to do this as not religious. I said, listen, man, I, I'm sorry what you're going through, but I just feel like God wanted me to share with you that it's not over that if you go back home right now and you get on your knees and you go to your wife and you tell her I'm sorry and you say you're going to change, 
she's going to take you back. And he looked at me, and he just broke down. And he said, look, I'm not a religious guy. I don't go to church on Sundays, but I think God brought you here to tell me that. That's what an ambassador does. That's what an ambassador does. That's the message that that young man needed to hear at that moment. And you, when you believe that that's who you are, you'll know what to do. And I promise you, you're going to see opportunities like that again and again and again. Now, here's the problem. A lot of you are going to say, but, but I can't do that. I don't know how to say everything you just said. That was really good, Pastor Abdi. I can't reproduce that. It sounded good coming from you, but when I try that, it just comes out like, like my friend who didn't speak Spanish and he was preaching in Spanish and he said, God wants to save you from all your fish. And when he wanted to say, you know, pecados, he said, pescados. He, he bum, bummered it, right? And I sound like that, you know? How, how can I speak on behalf of God? Here's the deal. You speak in the authority that's been given to you. Yes, take Paul over and over again. If you were with us, you may have heard me talk about this last week. He said, I am not an eloquent speaker. This is Paul in the scriptures, the one that wrote the Bible, you know, three quarters of the New Testament. He comes, when I, when I come out, it, I'm not sure how it's gonna come out. It may not all make sense, but I just preach by the power of the gospel. Paul says, Holy Spirit does it for me, not me. I just open up my mouth. He said, I'm the least of the apostles. Look, if there's a totem pole right here, they're all up here, all the apostles. I'm down here at the bottom rung. But look at what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 8. He says, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by whom? You guys, by whom? By the Lord. The Lord gave this to us chosen and appointed but our authority he says builds you up it doesn't tear you down so i will not be ashamed of what help me he said i won't be ashamed of what using my authority that's what you need to do you're not ashamed of using your authority it's not your power look it's like this if i stood in the middle of a street and there's traffic coming down and i just got out of my car you didn't know who i was and i just went like this to you some of you would probably veer the other way. Others of you that are going like this, I can see, you would just run me over, right? Now, you guys are sick. Now, if I had a badge and I got in the middle of the street in front of traffic and I went like this, all of a sudden, you better stop because if you don't, I got something right here I'm going to draw on you, right? And I'm no longer standing on my own authority. Now I have the whole government behind me saying, you better stand in front of traffic right now. You better stop that car right now because I've got your back. The whole government. That's what you have. That's what you have. That's what you have. You, you are a father of Christ. You don't come on your own authority, but in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look, it, the other day, my two boys were fighting. And I was in the living room. They were upstairs in the room, and they were fighting. And the older one, for some reason, the younger one likes to bully the older one. I don't know how it works out like that. But anyway, so the older one comes downstairs, and he's like, Papi, Mano, that's his nickname. Mano is, we won't stop. I asked him to stop, and he won't stop. 
mano. That's what he calls EJ. And I go, all right, go tell him to stop. And he goes, no, he won't stop. He won't. I'm trying to tell him to stop. I said, all right, tell him, Papi said to stop. All of a sudden, AJ is walking up those stairs a little different than he walked up before. <laughs> and he goes in, he says, guess what? Papi said to stop. Has a little more authority now because he knows he's not coming in his own strength. He's coming representing something a little bigger than him, something a little more powerful than this. And you know what's crazy? What's crazy is that the first century followers of Jesus, they got this. They got this, okay? And, and, and when, when you understand this, and this is crazy, they understood that the power was in Jesus, not in themselves. They had this authority in the name of Jesus to use his name. And so sick person, they would go to the sick person, they would be like, look, I've got no power to heal you, but I come right now not representing myself. I come in the name of the one who sent me. His name is Jesus. And Jesus Christ, he sent me as his representative. And so you be healed. And sick people were healed. Demon-possessed people, they would go to them. And you know, I've got no power over demons, but in the name of Jesus Christ, who sent me to you, along with his authority, demon, come out. And that's what would happen. Dead people, and this is freaky. I, I don't understand how this medically can happen until I started to believe. And then I started to understand, with God, anything can happen. Dead person, you're dead. In the name of Jesus, come back to life. And some of them would. And what's crazy is, and this is difficult even for me to get my mind around, but the New Testament says this, we as believers, greater things will we do. Why? Because we are not just regular followers of Jesus. We are not just people. There's no such thing as a regular follower of Jesus. You are instrumental. You are an ambassador of Christ, appointed and called by God to represent heaven on earth. You were not elected by people. You were chosen and appointed by God. You carry with you the message of reconciliation as if God were making his appeal through you. You always represent God. You never represent yourself. Why? Because just like Paul, you can say, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The old life is gone, but that nevertheless, I live now in a different way. It's no longer I who live. You see, it's Christ living through me. Well, but I'm just a stay-at-home mom. No, no, no. You're not just a stay-at-home mom. No, you are an ambassador raising the next generation world changers. You are called by God in your home with a divine assignment. Well, I'm just a student. No, no, no. You're not just a student. You are an ambassador to your chemistry class. You're an ambassador in your fraternity. You're an ambassador to the teachers there. Well, I'm just an entry-level bank teller. No, no, you're not just an entry-level bank teller. You're a secret agent of the Most High God planted in the bank to represent Christ to people to, to, so they can see and experience God for the first time in their lives. And when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. When you believe in who you are, you're not just a regular follower of Christ. You are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave. When you believe in who you are, you are an ambassador. You are instrumental of the Lord Jesus Christ, elected not by people, but called and appointed by God. You never represent yourself, but you always represent him. 
You are Christ's ambassador. This is not your home. You're from another country. You represent the king from the kingdom that sent you, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and that makes your role on earth very important. There's nothing just regular about you. You are the highest ranking diplomat from God representing the kingdom of heaven to this earth. That is who you are. And when you believe in who you are, help me out. Let's do it again. And when you believe in who you are, let's close our eyes, bow our heads. Father, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would make this moment a significant moment for those who are followers. That you would move from, from a head knowledge into a heart calling. And that we would be different, God, because we've been with you. And as you're praying right now, let me just talk to those of you who are followers. There are those of you that are not yet followers, but those of you who are followers of Jesus, you are called to be an ambassador. And I want you to think about the people that you know that are not connected to God. And I want you to think about them in your family, in your work, the people that you see in the gym, the people that you bump into in the cleaners, when, you, when you're getting coffee, your friends on Facebook, I want you to think about them. And let me tell you who you are. You are an ambassador to them. Paul was called to the Gentiles. You are called to them. You are God's chosen instrument. That is who you are. Those of you who would say, well, I see it. I want to live that. I, I want to be one of the most effective ambassadors for my king who gave his life for me. I want to I glorify him as an effective ambassador. If that's you, you want to be an ambassador for him, would you just stand with me right now? Just stand up. And by that, you're saying, yes, yes, that's me. Praise God for you. I'm going to pray right now. I pray that lives would be different because people have met with you today that your living word would transform them. I pray, oh God, that there would be nothing regular about this group of followers of Jesus here, nothing regular about them, but that they would be spirit-filled, overcoming masterpieces, salt of the earth, light of the world, those that you've created with good works prepared in advance for them to do, to represent you on this earth. Empower them, God, to reach out to people that do not know you. Give them the message of reconciliation as though they were representing you to this world. And God, thank you. Thank you for how you're going to use them. Use these ambassadors to reach people and glorify your name. And as you keep praying today, nobody looking around, a lot of you are going to say, well, an ambassador for Christ, I am not that. Nothing even close to it. In fact, many of you would say, what well, would would have to say, you know what, I don't even know where I stand with God. I don't even know what to believe. But for a lot of you, there's something happening right now. You may not be a church person. You may be like I was when I grew up in church and I believed in God, but I didn't know him. And something is happening inside of you right now. There's a spiritual stirring that's it's quite different. And you know, you don't even know how to define that. But it's, let me define it for you. That is God working inside of you. That is him reaching out to you. And his greatest desire is to reveal himself to you. And let me just shoot straight with you. You know what he wants from you? He wants your life. 
He doesn't want you to join a church or just check a little box or get a little wet in baptism or go on with your life. He wants all of you. And you say, but I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough yet. I, I, I will just, I will just, just not right now. No, let me just tell you, you're, you're exactly right. None of us are good enough. All of us are separated by God because of sin. And that's why the gospel is good news. That God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus as the ultimate ambassador who was the innocent, sinless son of God who shed his blood that we could live. That's why 2 Corinthians, we read that verse that anyone who is in Christ, without him, you are in sin. Once you are, you, you pray and you invite him to transform you, your sins are forgiven and you're in Christ. You become a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And let me just be honest, that's why many of you are here today. You know it. You need forgiveness. You need a new life. And as you call on him, all your sins will be forgiven. And you will never be the same. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things are new. That's why you're here today. And it's time to give your life to him. Those of you who would say, yes, that's me. Jesus, would you take my life? Jesus, I give it to you. Jesus, would you save me? Jesus, would you make me new? I'm gonna invite you right now. Just lift up your hands high with me right now. Just lift them up. Lift them up, if you will. And let me just look at you right now, eye to eye. And God bless you. I see these hands up here in the front. I see that hand. God bless you. I see those hands in the back. God bless you guys. I see that hand up here. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. I see that hand over here on this side on the back. I see this hand over here. God bless you guys. You can put them down. Yay, God. I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer. Everybody pray this prayer. Just say this with me. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, take my life. I am a sinner. Please save me. Jesus, make me new. I believe you died for me and you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit. Make me your ambassador to represent you here on earth. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. DV, would you celebrate with me? Would you thank God? Yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. You may be seated.